You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Correa off second. 0-1. And Gaddis muscles one out in a shallow center field. Heredia coming on. He'll have to play that on the bounce. Correa around third. He will score easily. Evan Gaddis breaks an 0-15 with an RBI single. 3-0 Astros. Now, another Astros podcast. Two out ribbies are so crucial to the success of this Astros offensive team. They've done it all year long. Those are heartbreakers, especially early and late in the ballgame. The Astros are able to capitalize. Fans get to their feet. Here's the 0-2. Swing and a miss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night for Volobach. And that is the ball game. The Houston Astros defeat the Seattle Mariners, their third win in their last four games, winning the night 5-2 as the Astros lower their magic number to two. We had great energy tonight. The crowd had great energy. It was nice to come home, um, which is not an easy night to play. I mean, our guys were, you know, we're, we're driving home when most people were driving to work. So uh, I was proud of our effort level. I was proud of our energy. We, we played with a little extra uh, adrenaline today. Some of that has to do with, you know, we, we sense what's possible, and, and some of it has to do with the character of our team. So I uh, commend our guys for how we played. We've got a lot of, a lot of work to do to get where we want to get. But there, people know. We know the magic number. We know that, that, that we control it. Uh, wins like tonight get us that much closer. Um, you know, we'll check the score tonight, see what happens out in Anaheim. That will, that will obviously change the morning tomorrow um, and put, some, put some, um, some anticipation in on what these games mean. So we want to win a division. We've said that since, you know, February when we got together. Um, we're closing in on it, but we're not there yet. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Rodney Linares, the Astros manager at AA Corpus Christi and uh, up with the big league club for a little bit. And What a, what a year at Corpus Christi. You guys are accustomed to going to the postseason every year. Unfortunately, that did not happen. But considering the way the season started off and where you guys ended up, had a chance going into the, the final day of the season and to get into the postseason, I'd imagine you have to be pleased with at least the progress that the team made over the course of the year. Well, yeah, you know, it, it was an interesting year, to say the least, you know, uh, but I think we, uh, we ended up hitting our targets developmental-wise. You know, you always want to win. Everybody wants to win, but it was actually the first time in my career that the last game of the season uh, meant something, you know, mm-hmm. going in. And, uh, you know, it was not, not easy not going into the playoffs, but again, you know, we, uh, I think we hit our targets developmental-wise with all the guys we uh, sent up to AAA and some guys up here to the big leagues. And, you know, we uh, had a good little group of uh, players down there, so uh, there's a lot of future. What do you think improved for Corpus Christi as the season went on? What was maybe lacking early and what got better? I think uh, pitching in the beginning of the year was kind of a little lacking. Uh, you know, we had some guys that, that, that could hit. Uh, we had a pretty good core of uh, position players. Then we started moving those guys. Then we got better pitching in the second half. And then I think at the end, everything kind of got put together, you know, when, when Tucker and Whitley and those guys were there and they were exposed uh, to double-A and – uh, you know, just the uh, the whole atmosphere of uh, going to the playoffs, I think, always makes players better. Uh, I think it shows you who are the guys that are going to play in pressure situations. And I think that was a big key, you know, running out and uh, winning nine out of the last ten to make it yeah. – uh, 
to tie and get, not get into the playoffs because of the tiebreaker. You know, but again, it was an interesting year. We had a lot of uh, adversity this year, especially with the hurricane going through right. and, you know, having to leave home a couple of days early and miss a, a series down there. And, you know, thank God everything went well and, you know, there wasn't a lot of damage down there. But again, it was uh, we had the full support of the, uh, of the you know, of the city and, and the fans and everybody down there. And I enjoyed my time down there. Uh, you mentioned Kyle Tucker came up during the year and uh, looked like he acquitted himself quite well to double A. What, what did you see from, from Kyle Tucker that really impressed you? I think the way he makes the game uh, look slow, uh, that's, the, that's the first thing. Only the, the really good players do that. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when he went up there, he went up with a bang, uh, you know, hit, hit a lot, hit some homers early. I think he went through his first uh, uh, slump in his career. Uh, but it was also by the time that we started, uh, you know, sending the guys up. You know, we sent JD, who hit behind him. We sent Fer- Ferguson to AAA. We sent a bunch of guys up to AAA, and he was kind of stuck in the middle there. Uh, but he did well. You know, again, this kid has an opportunity to be an elite player in the big leagues if everything develops well. And you know, uh, really quiet and a little low motor, mm-hmm. but uh, he can. Uh, you know, he can turn on a 98 mile an hour fastball to his neck and keep it fair. So that's pretty impressive. Also impressive. I mean, you don't see too many 19-year-olds pitchers getting to Double A. Drafted out of high school. That's what you had with with Forrest Whitley. Had him the the latter part of the year. Astros first round pick uh, last year out of the San Antonio area. What impressed you about Whitley? And did he look like a, a 19-year-old pitching at Double A, or did he look like he was older than that? Well, what impresses you is you know his presence on the field. Off the field, he is 19. Yeah. You know, he's a 19-year-old kid. He has the same 19-year-old kid qual- uh, questions. He he asks a lot of questions. Uh, but again, you know, when he uh, it's on the mound, he's a man. You know, he's a man. I like his poise. Uh, and then, you know, what's not to like about a kid 19 years old that throws 97 to 100 miles an hour? You know, he's got really good secondary pitches, and he took well into going into the bullpen just on in, in innings and and. Uh, you know, then he had that spot start for the doubleheader. Again, you know, everything I saw from him just tells me he's going to be a pretty good pitcher uh, in the big league. So, you know, at 19 years old, you don't see that in double A. Uh, his first start was really impressive. Second start was okay. And then he went to the bullpen, and he was in, he was a little bit shaky. Uh, but, again, stuff-wise, uh, there's nothing to compare it. I think over the last couple of years, he's probably one of the best pitching prospects I've seen in whole uh, minor league baseball. Rodney Linares, Astros manager at Double A Corpus Christi. Thanks for so much for joining us. Thank you. This is Steve Sparks ahead of the second game of this three-game series with the Mariners, the Astros with the win last night, and I'm with the analyst for the Seattle Mariners, former major leaguer Mike Blowers. And Mike, uh, the Mariners, 40 pitchers this season. It's just been a roller coaster when you think of Mel Stottlemyre Jr., the the pitching coach and Scott Service just trying to juggle things. 17 different starters, 40 crazy? pitchers. It's it's crazy, and um, I never thought I would see anything like it. In fact, they used a lot of pitchers last year, and Jerry DePoto, the general manager, had talked about it over the winter, trying to get more depth in case they had to go down that road again, and now it's even worse. Um, so I don't think any team can prepare for something like this. I don't yeah. think you ever expect it to happen, uh, but it's what they've had to deal with. Unfortunately, they've played pretty good baseball overall with a 500 record. Hey, when I was watching the World Baseball Classic, Mike, I remember watching Drew Smiley, and he was absolutely filthy. And you guys signed him in the offseason. And when he went down, it just seems like everything spiraled out of control after that. 
It does seem that way. Uh, I, you know, it's, there's different phases to this thing, as you can imagine. But Smiley, obviously, we haven't seen him all year. Uh, he ended up getting hurt. Uh, so that, that really hurt them. And then Felix wasn't the same when he got started. Gallardo never was able to get it going out of, uh, as far as the rotation. Now he's pitching out of the bullpen. And then the last thing for me was when Paxton got hurt. Yeah. He's somebody that was really dealing. He'd won, I think his last eight starts, he was 7-0 and with a 1-5 ERA or something like that. Yeah. And he goes down. They ended up losing three games in a row after that. And I think just as a collective group of guys, they're just kind of throwing their hands in the air yeah. and like, what next? But they picked themselves back up again. Um, and now they had Felix that went a couple of days ago. Uh, Paxton went last night. So hopefully those guys will be able to do something here down the stretch. Well, they certainly have the offensive ability to do something down the stretch. Trailing the Minnesota Twins, don't you feel like this team does have a run in it? They haven't made a run. They've been around 500. I want to say 61 games since the All-Star break. They've been within two games of 500. What's been the problem getting on a good run? To be honest with you, the Houston Astros. Really? I, I think so. I think because when you talk about the offense, the offense has really been swinging the bats well. And when Houston came into Safeco, the Mariners were swinging it as well as they ever have. But then, the, of course, they run into Keuchel, Verlander, McCullers, who are all very good. And I think when, these, when you look at these two teams, the biggest key is have a lead after six innings. And both of them, the back end of their bullpens are excellent. Unfortunately, the Mariners have not been able to swing it against some very good pitching. Um, you know, you see Charlie Morton last night. He's 95 to 97 with a great curveball. You have to be able to pitch with those guys. And unfortunately, the Mariners, because of all the injuries, haven't had their horses to do that. Um, you know, I would like to think that it would be different if Felix is at full strength, if Paxson's at full strength, then maybe they could match up with those guys. But it's been a problem this year. So basically, they stubbed their toe again, and then they have to start up again once that series is over. So we'll see what happens uh, the rest of the way. they got two more games here in Houston. But they have a chance. And the thing that I like is they were – Texas was ahead of them. They pushed them behind because they went in with three out of four. They have the Angels for three at the end of the year. They need some help with Minnesota. They have to be able to take advantage of that. So when Minnesota loses, the Mariners have to win. Again, it's been difficult against Houston. Talking with analysts with the Seattle Mariners, Mike Blowers. And, Mike, you played with Edgar Martinez. He's now the hitting coach for the Seattle Mariners team. What's his philosophy and what's his style? It's different for whoever he's dealing with, which is something that I really like. Obviously, you look at a lineup, and everybody's a lot different. We'll start with Segura. He's a very aggressive hitter. He has his hands low. He lets the ball travel and get extremely deep. I think for Edgar, he'd like for him to get the ball out in front a little bit more, but he also doesn't want to mess with him too much because he's hit 300 all year. Um, So that's a little bit different for him. For Robbie, what are you going to do with Robbie? This is a guy that's going to the Hall of Fame. So I think with him, it's a little tweak here and there. Robbie will ask him, do you see something with this? Watch my foot. Where are my hands at? Those simple things like that. Um, Nelson will fix himself. Kyle Seeger is somebody that tinkers all the time, so Edgar has to pull him back and say, hey, you know, you're messing around too much. Let's just stay with where we're at. And then all the young guys. Our outfield this year, a bunch of young guys have done great, in large part because of Edgar. Mike Zanino has turned things around because of Edgar, and his approach with them is really simple. Let's, Let's think right center field. Let's stay in right center field. You can hit the fastball that way and then stay on the off-speed pitches, and it's helped all of those guys. And I think by keeping it simple that way, um, it's easier to take that into a game. Some of them have had some mechanical changes that he's made over the course of the summer, but they're typically subtle, and he won't give them too much at one time. Um, He's a very patient guy, and he will talk to him during the game. And I don't think there's any hitting coach that gives him a better game plan going into a game, um, especially once he's seen a pitcher once or twice. So they have a real advantage with him, and they all they all love talking to him. If you watch batting practice, they all, they'll take their round, and then they immediately come behind the cage to talk to Gar. He has so much to offer. 
And it's nice to have a little credibility, too. A Mike, lot. Mike Blowers, thanks a lot for catching up. Anytime. Thank you. This has been a production. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Of the Houston Astros. This place is rocking right now. Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.